The General Services Administration has said they will formally begin the transition of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. And even more details are coming out about California Governor Gavin Newsom's dinner party. And it is not looking good for Newsom. And Pope Francis met with NBA players to praise them for their racial justice protests. We've got that and much, much more coming up. And it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy, still keeping this seat warm for Miss Sarah Gonzalez while she's out on maternity leave. She is doing a lot on her social media, though, answering all of your questions so you can keep up with her there. We're going to have a fire show for you today because we have Mr. Jason Whitlock here. You filled in for Glenn Beck this morning, which was awesome. You were just crushing it. And you're the host of Fearless with Jason Whitlock, if people want to find you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. And yeah, if, if anybody missed Glenn's show this morning when you were filling in, they need to find it, listen to it, watch it. It was really good. And then also our favorite person, Mr. Eric July, the host of For Canon's Sake and a Blaze TV contributor. Thanks Thank for you. being here. Thank Tired, because you, yeah. you, you were kickboxing before you got yes, here. Yes, I was. So <laughs> I'm going to be struggling through this show, but we're going to get through it. That's right. If get anybody can do it, you can. <laughs> all right. So we're going to start with the big story that's uh, been all over the news today. So the General Services Administration said they would formally begin that transition of power to former Vice President Joe Biden from President Donald Trump immediately. Now, Trump did respond to that within minutes of GSA Administrator Emily Murphy releasing that information, saying that they are going to begin the transition process. Trump tweeted saying, I want to thank Emily Murphy at GSA for her steadfast dedication and loyalty to our country. She's been harassed, threatened and abused. And I do not want to see this happen to her, her family or employees of GSA. Then he clarified, our case strongly continues. We will keep up the good fight, and I believe that we will prevail. Nevertheless, in the best interest of our country, I'm recommending that Emily and her team do what needs to be done with regard to initial protocols and have told my team to do the same. Now, Murphy, she went on to claim she had actually gotten a lot of threats uh, by people demanding that she make the transition process prematurely, but she said she wasn't in any way, you know, coerced by the current administration to make any decisions. So what do you make of this news? Well, uh, first, I, I think my first gut reaction is I'm not surprised that President Trump has announced that he's going to play along and go along with that. Uh, because, you know, as, as much as people have tried to rail against President Trump and talk about how unorthodox he is and he's, you know, this terrible person. I, I just, I don't see him tearing down the country uh, the way his opponents seem to be determined to tear down the country, even if his fight to hold on to the presidency, even if he loses that fight, I think there will be a smooth transition in him stepping out of the White House because I, I tend to think the guy clearly puts America first uh, more than the other side does. Yeah, Eric, what do you think? Well, I mean, it, it, I think this is obviously going to derail a lot of the, I mean, we can call them non-arguments of this coop sort of idea that they were throwing out there because they wanted to try to present it as if there was absolutely no way they would write all their articles, you know, coming from more of the leftist media and that there's no way that he wants to transition. He'll he'll remain in that White House. Like what happens if they if he, if he stays there? Will they need to kick him out? All those sorts of things. And what he is showing is that, OK, we'll go through the protocol and like any other president would. But of course, 
They still have their thing going on in the courts, which was to be as expected. So it really shoots a hole in a lot of those nonsensical arguments, which I don't understand where they were even coming from. I think it's just a mere idea that he was fighting. It was like, okay, well, he's not going to leave in the event that it does seem as if he lost. But Trump himself never really presented that as if that was the case. He just thought that there was some odd things going on, and he believes that if the odd things go his way. He he would be the uh, the the winner. So we'll see what happens. But I don't understand why that that side mm-hmm. was so adamant about trying to present it as if it was this coup. I guess it's just how they always saw when they have to dramatize events. Well, so Jason, I would like to. What do you think America is going to look like if Biden does become president, and then the left wins the majority in both the House and the Senate? What that's a huge question. What is America going to look like? I'm not. That's a huge question. I I, I don't I don't have a great answer. I don't see the racial disharmony going away. Uh, I think a lot of people think that once Trump's out, we're all just going to get along. I don't think that's the case because I think the people that the Democratic Party have cut a deal with, Antifa, Black Lives Matter, they're not going to be satisfied until the country is completely remade. I don't think Joe Biden is an agent for the remaking of America. This is a 47-year politician. Uh, He wanted power. He cut a deal with some groups that have a different agenda, anarchy, and the destruction of America. And so in that regard, do I see Joe Biden bringing in peace and harmony? No. Uh, (laughs) I I don't see him standing up to the groups that are promoting the anarchy. And so, you know, I guess I would just expect more of what we've been seeing, more masks, more stay at home (laughs) orders and Mm -hmm. more rioting and looting when the Antifa and Black Lives Matter decide it's time to ride and loot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with me, I'm not as doom and gloom as I know a lot of people are out of this. I do think that we're going to start to see a more cultural shift. I'm dead serious uh, because, look, it was a perfect storm of more so what happened primarily with the COVID thing. And then you had the post George Floyd thing and then everybody started acting up. And that seemed to work in the, as a benefactor, I guess, as for, for the Democrats. But I know a lot of people are like, well, Democrats are going to, you know, do what Democrats have been presenting themselves to, to be. And I'm, and I'm not as doom and gloom as everybody else, because I believe that when they are in power, particularly when it comes to the Fed, you start to see a lot more opposition from Republicans and they start taking a more liberty, uh, op- liberty position. You know, we saw the Tea Party movement before. Um, you're starting to see this kind of Tea Party 2.0 kind of kind of go on now. And I and I hate that it has to get like that. I wish they would hold Trump's feet to the fire like they did uh, when Ob- Barack Obama. But that's neither here nor there. But I do think particularly at the state and state level, and you're starting to see that right now with some of these lockdowns, some of these restrictions, certain sheriffs are like, no, we're not enforcing this. Uh, Uh, You know, certain certain governors are like, no, no, no. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that. And which is how it was, I guess, was supposed to be more decentralization of power. And the more that we can get 
is the better for me. But I think that's more so what, what's going to happen. And they'll be a lot more aggressive in being really in opposition to the statism because you know that the Democrats are going to try to gain as much power as they possibly can pass, whatever it is that they can pass. Is that stuff going to be enforced? Or is, is there going to be sort of this compliance? I don't know. But like when it comes to the mask and it comes to the COVID thing, I've long said on the show that civil disobedience may be our only way out of this. And we're starting to see a lot of that right now. Yeah, we, yeah, we saw a lot of it this past weekend. Absolutely. Well, so Biden has been, you know, putting together his cabinet and he... He's got a reported pick for Secretary of State. It's Tony Blinken. It's a longtime advisor of his. And he's the guy who totally slammed President Trump's America first foreign policy, saying it was xenophobic, um, isolationist. And he actually previously advised Biden to vote for the Iraq war. So uh, he, he's reportedly going to lead some efforts to reverse course on several things President Trump put in place. Uh, the Paris Climate Agreement, the Iran nuclear deal, he said that in an op-ed, he said that what President Trump has done has only been making the world worse. I don't know. It, what do you, first of all, tell me what you think about his pick. Well, uh, you, you want to take that first? I this go is one that's near and dear to me just because his opposition to America first. America first is pretty much the only political strategy that's ever caught my attention and hit my heart and soul. And I say that because my mother was a 30-year factory worker, my father started out as a factory worker, and then went and became an independent businessman that opened a restaurant, a bar, for factory workers, basically in the inner city in Indianapolis. And so, manufacturing jobs, factory jobs, is what lifted me out of the ghetto and lift and put me and my brother on a path towards college education, middle-class America, and for me, you know, uh, I, I've gone f beyond being a middle-class American. And I'm thankful for the manufacturing jobs that allowed my parents and that generation to lift up black and white kids that, like myself and send us on a path further along than what my parents accomplished. And so America First is something I believe in. There are people here in America that want to live out the American dream that don't want to be go to college, don't want to be college educated. And I think Trump understands that and understood it and was making some moves to try to bring manufacturing jobs back to America. They can't all be in China or in Asian countries where the labor is much cheaper. And so this guy to not, you know, he sounds like a typical globalist. Uh, I'm not a globalist. Most of the people that I know, and particularly black people, they're not globalists. They may like and see Obama. Oh, no, Obama's a global citizen. That's great. He's Ivy League. But most of my friends, they're not going to leave their neighborhood or their city. They're not leaving America. They're not, they're not global citizens. And, and I know it's kind of cool to think you are that, but you're really not. And so uh, this sounds like a globalist that's going to 
install some policies that I don't think are good for ordinary Americans. Well, and he already, you know, has been talking about Dr. Zeke Emanuel, too, being on his coronavirus task force. And he was also the one saying, like, well, we should also be distributing the vaccine to the rest of the world instead of just America first. So this is kind of a common theme with Biden, it sounds like. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, particularly uh, uh, what I take issue with is the whole Iran thing. I think obviously me being the libertarian at the table, the, the staunch anti-war guy, I, I don't like how and I knew this we got mo a, a lot of this with Obama and if there was one thing that you could try to present to to Trump's credit when it came to foreign policy was this idea though a lot of it was just rhetoric unfortunately but this idea that we need to get the hell out of the Middle East right and obviously we know the policy when it comes to Iraq or war Iraq or Iran we know where Biden has, has stood for, for for years for decades on that, and I believe that he's going to instill much of that sort of neoliberal, neoconservative sort of approach to foreign policy being everybody's business because they always present that as if that is a good thing and that benefits America, but it does not. It has never this has been a failed war. Um, this has never benefited uh, America. You want to talk about incentivizing refugees. You want to talk about, uh, you know, bombing the living crap out of people, making them hate us. That is not anything that is positive, but they always try to, you know, this whole nation building sort of sort of idea that Biden, again, he has really been at the forefront. People that have looked at his record, he's been at the forefront of this for a very, very, very long time. And we know we got much of the same of that with uh, with with Barack Obama and his presidency. So for them to act, and I think we're starting to see a lot of that, unfortunately, they act as if decentralization or people caring for their, be it their, now I want to say their own kind, but those around them before they care about some people that they will never meet is a very negative thing. It's something that I think a lot of the country is starting to pick up but I, I despise that because I have absolutely no obligation. Nobody does. And like 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 you said, Jason, really, when, when it comes to our our own lives, nobody actually lives like that. Anyway, you value your family first. You value the, those around you, um, you, you know, your, your city or your your hood, you know, wherever you're at. For, so to act like we have to always be in agreement with everybody else. I'm, I'm all about trade. I'm all about free trade. I'm all about all of that. But definitely when it comes to these certain certain sort of agreements, these obligations, we must protect your um, your, your country, all of these sorts of uh, deals and all of that. I'm not with all that. I've never been been with all of that. And of course, they've led to a lot of war efforts that I'm going to disagree with. And again, Biden has been at the forefront of all of that. Like, I, I absolutely hate that. And that may be come out to be his most dangerous policy when it comes to everything and unfortunately a lot of people don't understand when it comes to the presidency that's the thing that he has most control mm -hmm. over yeah this could just be the tip of the iceberg all right, so we have a lot more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. You know, this year it's reminded us of many things, including how important it is to look after the ones that we love. So this holiday season, you can give the gift of safety, accuracy, and self-defense. You can give them iTarget Pro. You know, when the government can't or won't protect your family, self-defense, it's your only option. But most of us don't have time to consistently train. Plus, ammo is really expensive. So that's why iTarget was invented. You can use their proprietary app and laser bullet. You can train safely in the convenience of your own home with your actual firearm. And iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers. You can stay sharp with almost any firearm. <coughs> and today you can save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code NEWS at checkout when you go to itargetpro.com. 
This is the smartest way for you to practice, and it pays for itself in just a few days. So this holiday season, give the gift that is a bullseye. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code NEWS. We'll be back in just a minute. Remember that fancy dinner at the French Laundry that Gavin Newsom was caught attending after he told everybody else in California that they needed to stay home and not do anything and not have any fun? Well, apparently, there's some new details about that that aren't looking good for him. Award-winning journalist Adam Housley, I mean, this is an Emmy Award winner, uh, I mean, tons of awards. This guy is credible. He claims that Newsom's infamous dinner at French Laundry was worse because it had 22 guests, not the 12 that Newsom claimed were there. They ran up a bar bill of over $15,000. He says masks were not worn. And this is the, the journalist, this is his hometown where the French Laundry is located. So he said, you know, I did some digging about it. I did some investigating and it turns out people were saying no masks, all indoors even though Newsom claimed it was outdoors. And they said they got so loud, other patrons complained. There was zero effort to go outside. There was no social distancing of any type. He said, I'm told some of those that were there are now privately laughing at the controversy. So, I mean, Newsom did apologize and said, you know, hey, sorry, we all make mistakes sometimes. This just keeps looking worse and worse and worse for him. Are we surprised that he made it sound not quite so bad. Oh, it was 12 people and we were all being careful and it was all outdoors. But now we're finding out that doesn't seem like that was really the case. Listen, I lived in Los Angeles for the past 10 years from 2010 until August of this past year. And the hypocrisy does, does not surprise me. And part of the reason I left, quite honestly, and again, don't big percentage. No, but 10 percent of the reason I, is because of Gavin Newsom and because of the type of governmental control and hypocrisy that you see that you're seeing here in this case people it, it, i just keep asking people do we even value freedom anymore do we value do we understand it or, or is there like a massive group of americans that just are willing to surrender their freedoms and people like gavin newsom get to tell us how late we get to stay at a bar what we have to wear to go inside of a bar, what we can eat, how many people we can have at our Thanksgiving dinner. Part of America, and this is the way I describe freedom, and, and people, it takes some time for people to catch it, you'll catch it immediately. Freedom is actually spelled F-R-E-E-D-U-M-B. <laughs> the dumb is the most important part of freedom. If you limit the dumb, you're not really free. America has always been, you want to be dumb? As long as it doesn't harm anybody else Absolutely. or blah, blah, blah. Absolutely. Go do it. And that's, we have to, I love that. Yeah. That's what makes me love the country. And we're taking, because Gavin Newsom, he likes free dumb. Mm -hmm. He got to be dumb with 22 of his friends and he got to enjoy it. They, they were willing to take that risk. Yeah. But the rest of you all, you don't get to be as free and dumb as Gavin Newsom. You got to play by some rules that he'll make up and he'll change willy nilly. And that's why I moved to Tennessee. I, I want less of that. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think this is going to wake up any of the people of California that ha I mean, there are a lot of people, many of which are our viewers that live in California that are yeah. completely against what's going on. But there are a lot of people that just seem to continue to accept what Newsom's saying and, and not worry about his hypocrisy. Yeah, and I don't understand that. Definitely in California, when you've seen 
the biggest of the hypocrites and not just that we saw what he did with the entertainment industry and exempting them from these new restrictions which i thought was probably the craziest part of that like how did how old they're essential but everybody else is, is not and to see this consistent so that's the only thing consistent about them is the hypocrisy when it comes to to their policies they're of the elites right yeah you have the educational the academic and the entertainment elites they play by different set of rules like george carlin said it's a big club and you ain't in it and i think this happens a lot more often we saw what happened with nancy pelosi out of the same you mm -hmm. know in Cal you know beauty salon beauty yeah. salon yeah, same down. thing and she had nerve to try to blame them talking about this was a setup uh we saw you know Lori lifewood out of uh out of chicago like they continue to be hypocrites and they lecture you on what you cannot do and then they go do the, the what they claim that you can't do. So that's the perfect segue to a video clip that we have where the experts are telling us what we can and can't do this Thanksgiving. Of Let's course, take a look at this course. montage by Gravian News. Uh, this Thanksgiving is going to suck a bit. This is not some existential reality. Cancel your plans if you absolutely do not need to travel somewhere. Travel by car if you must travel. I don't like it to be any number. I like it to be, keep it to your immediate household. Eat all of the mashed potatoes by yourself. That's what I'm gonna do. Limit the number of people, do it outside, and wear your mask. If you go over to a friend's house, mask up the whole time you're not eating or drinking. If you're a college student, shelter yeah. in place for at least seven days once you arrive. Separation should be the norm. Avoiding direct contact, including handshakes and hugs. Speak softer because louder voices shouting, screaming, actually singing spreads the virus. So you can't test your way out of or into safety here. You can't Social test your way into Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, you just can't test you, your way to that table. That's just not the way you to do it. You can't test your way into Thanksgiving dinner. So while we're talking about hypocrisy, uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo said he was going to be spending Thanksgiving with his 89-year-old mother and his two daughters and people who don't live with him. And so people were very upset by that, saying, wait, 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 you told us not to spend the holiday with our loved ones who don't live within our household, but you're going to do that? So now he's saying I'm, he's going to be too busy working. He won't be able to have that dinner with his... Because well, he got his, caught. It, it, That's the yes. only thing that they're sorry about, is being caught. That's the only thing that Gavin Newsom was sorry about. He got caught. That's it. But uh, we know what they're doing behind closed doors. Again, they play by a different set of rules and that's what's so frustrating because it's completely arbitrary they keep in implementing these rules that turn out to not even work these mandates they turn out they don't, whatever metric that they're supposedly going by it's ineffective lockdown mask uh, every restriction it doesn't seem to work and then they get to do whatever it is that they want like i said people this is not in until there are mass forms of social disobedience they've gotten people scared enough to want to stay, I guess, in, in, in a bubble. And because they're scared, they will give away as much freedom as they possibly can. And that's the thing just, that sucks. Yeah. I'm asking in all seriousness, are, are people here in America, have they given up on freedom? In I'm, I don't, I'm perplexed. Have we just given up? We don't value freedom. Is that what has happened? It's the only resource America really has to offer, freedom. That's our promise is freedom. We, we've turned it into love, like America promises love, and until everybody in America loves everybody, we can't be happy. America does not promise love. It promises freedom. Mm -hmm. God promises love. So that's where you need to look for love. 
yourself. You can love yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that, live up to that promise. But America has one resource, freedom, and I'm looking at people that's like, we don't care. We don't like, it, it, it's, I don't want that. that. That's not, that's the wrong size jeans for me. It's like they're, you know, 32 jeans don't fit me. And if, if America was handing out size 32 jeans, I'd be like, well, dang, this country's not for me. No. But America hands out freedom. I want more of it. What happened? How did we get to where we don't care about the resource of freedom? Yeah. Do these people not believe in themselves or? I think that's that's part of it. I mean, a a lot of people just it, it comes with a certain amount of responsibility, I think. And a lot of people are scared of that accountability. They're scared of that. So they would much rather have big daddy government take care of them. Um, and that's just why a lot of I don't want to hate to use the term like bums, but a lot of people who aren't productive, let's just say that. And that's why something like socialism and, and, and statism is so attractive to them because they get to get to be taken care of. They can be unproductive as, as possible. They don't have to all have anything to offer, no good, no service, anything. And they get to exist and it's not about them merely existing, but they get to thrive with it may be on the backbone of someone else. But that's how it works. And it's a very unfortunate thing. And that's why when the state was promising all that money, I was telling people, especially the damn Republicans, like this is not the way to go, because all you're doing is incentivizing this bad behavior. You want to give people cut people a, a check. They're going to be like, oh, well, what do you mean work? Well, you're going to give me the money. I just sit at the crib uh, all day and they're going to continue to ask for that, which is why you have the AOCs of the world saying, hey, just shut it down again. It didn't work the first time and just pay people to stay at home because, yeah, it's, it's just that easy to print off the money and sell off access of un- unborn people. No long term effect of that or anything. No consequences. Man, you said it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. This is good stuff today. All right. So we've got more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Bull and Branch. So. What do millions of Americans and three former U.S. presidents have in common? Well, it's that they all agree that Bowl and Branch sheets, they are the softest and the most comfortable, pure organic cotton sheets on earth. So soft. Bowl and Branch cotton is rain-fed, pesticide-free, and it carries the highest organic certification, and that is why it's so soft. They work with family-owned mills all over the world to expertly weave every set of Bowl and Branch sheets with the highest level of craftsmanship. It's quality you can feel the moment that you open the box. And since they sell direct to you, Bowl and Branch sheets start at just $160, but they are $1,000 quality for a fraction of the price. Plus, you can sleep on them for a month, risk-free. But if you're like me, you're going to be in love with these sheets right after the very first night. So right now, you'll get $50 off any sheet set at bowlandbranch.com with promo code MATTERS, spelled B-O-L-L and branch.com, promo code MATTERS for $50 off bowlandbranch.com promo code matters restrictions may apply see bowlandbranch.com for details we will be right back pope francis he met with a group of nba players on monday and he was praising them for their protests this year this is a really interesting story according to nbc news he met with NBA players Sterling Brown, Jonathan Isaac, Kyle Korver, Anthony Tulliver, and Italian Marco Bellini, who translated for everybody that was present at the meeting. Um, now, of note, Isaac is the one that faced intense criticism for being the only player in the NBA's playoff bubble who didn't kneel for the national anthem. He was the one that said, for me, black lives are supported through the gospel. All lives are supported through the gospel. 
So anyway, uh, Pope Francis, he lauded the players' activism, saying, you're champions, but also giving the example of teamwork. You've become a model, giving that good example of teamwork, but always remaining humble, preserving your own humanity. Francis gave a long interview this year. It's being turned into a book called Let Us Dream. And he, he basically was expressing his support for the protests that took place across the nation following the death of George Floyd. He's also, um, he's also for universal basic income. A lot of things that many Catholics aren't happy about. Um, but I, I really, Jason, since you're the sports expert at the table, although I know Eric, you, I mean, you're both w way more involved uh, he, in this he, than he I. You got way more clout than me on this. I want to know what you think about him, the Pope, getting involved with NBA players and having this sort of chat with them. <clears throat> Look, I think uh, the walk of legitimate Christians and, and followers of the gospel, it's not a popularity contest. And social media has turned everything into a popularity contest. And the Pope, to be in my view, with these actions, he's caught up in a popularity contest. Well, these are famous athletes, and it's not about telling people the truth. It's not about speaking truth to power. It's about what's popular. And people want to be popular today, and truth makes them very uncomfortable speaking it, hearing it. And so the Pope had an opportunity to really explain to these guys that, look, man, there's only one salvation in, in his view, and it, it's through uh, submission to a higher power. Uh, it's not through uh, virtue signaling activism and slogans on the back of T-shirts and all the things the NBA players are doing. Uh, and pro athletes are doing, they, they, they think they're the police review board. They're not qualified. None of us are uh, in terms of, you know, from, from our laptops and things like that. And so it's disappointing because the Pope's failure, to be quite honest with you, is a failure of a lot of ministers during this time. I, I've seen some really anointed speakers of the gospel just crumble during this George Floyd thing and say things that are completely inconsistent with the values that they are supposed to stand on. It's the time we're living in. You, it, it, it's if you as an individual don't get into the word and your understanding of the gospel. And if you're counting on your minister who may be saying things to be popular, to push his book sales or to keep that collection plate ringing. You may be getting misled. Absolutely. And that's the unfortunate thing with truth. It's sometimes it's not the most convenient thing. Right. And now, oftentimes it's inconvenient because you say something that generally goes against a lot of misinformation out there. Definitely when it comes to the gospel. Uh, but to hear someone in that position, I'm, I'm, I've been over this Pope. I've grilled him on this. There's not much more that I can say. It's just pretty par for the course. But what I expect him demonizing capitalism, demonizing uh, um, now he's talking about universal basic basic income. These are principles that are not in, in line with with the gospel uh, by by any means. Uh, because obviously, when that comes from the state, that is by way of aggression and by way by way of force. But the thing about the when it comes to the NBA and, and their approach to social activism, uh, it's like you said, they're, they're completely not qualified, but they are popular. 
So unfortunately, people that want to cling on to this, they cosign and ride generally whatever it is that they do or say, no matter if it's incorrect, no matter if it's inconsistent, no matter if what they are saying does not match up with generally even their other of the other things that they that they say but that's where we're at because telling the truth you know john isaac got grilled just for well what what, what did he say that was incorrect in regards to uh the, the gospel and that embodying every every life there was nothing wrong about that he got grilled for it but it's like they demand allegiance to what i guess they consider their truth but their truth is not necessarily the truth and that's when i it doesn't matter where you're at i think from a principled standpoint that's the most difficult time to be principal, but it's the most important time to be principal because that's when folks are going to muddy, muddy up the waters, uh, if you will, because they f- find they smell like blood. It's like they think that you are vulnerable. So that's the time when you have to be like, no, this is not the truth. This is incorrect. You are wrong. But unfortunately, a lot of people that call themselves leaders are not, they, they, I mean, maybe they're installed, but they're not necessarily leaders because that's what I think out of a leader. A leader, they're followers. Exactly, they're followers, exactly what they are, but they're presented as leaders, and that's unfortunate because they're spreading a lot of inf- misinformation in the Hillary, process. I, I want to add one thing before we move on here. Just if the, the Pope should have a, a vision and, and a global perspective, and so he's meeting with NBA players, One of the biggest stories that has gone on with the NBA in the past year is their lack of outspokenness about the human rights abuses and racism and slavery and just everything in China. Mm -hmm. And they've done it because they have business relationships with China and want to protect their money. And so they're very outspoken about America and look, have a blind eye to China's abuses, which are far worse than what transpires here in America. When it comes, particularly, let's just reduce it down to racism. Go be black in China and not an NBA star. And I've got experience with that. There was a kid that played football at my college that was in prison, incarcerated in China for three years without trial, without any kind of due process. Cost me money. I had to bribe people in China to get him home, me. And so when I look at these NBA players and they have nothing to say about China and they know Eric goes over to China, I go over to China, it won't be the, the, the Africans that are living in China with dark skin, how they're being treated. And so the Pope, if I know this, the Pope has to do it or he's unqualified mm. and he says nothing to the NBA players about their hypocrisy there while they denigrate and demonize America, their home country, that whose record on race far exceeds China. Record on human rights far exceeds China. It's, the Pope is like, we're living in a very secular time and everybody's, people that have titles are secular in all their actions. They're unafraid to stand up for Jesus. They, they're denying him right now just to avoid social media scoring. And I said this this morning on Glenn Beck's show. If, if all it takes is a little heat on social media to get you to fold, mm-hmm. my God, when they really come for you, yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? right. you've already shown them you're a coward. Yeah, we've got to get ready now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right, we have more to come. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Headspace. 
Now, life can be really stressful under normal circumstances, right? 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life, and you need stress relief that goes beyond just some quick fixes, and that's Headspace. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. You need some help falling asleep. I know I do. Headspace has wind-down sessions that their members swear by. And then for parents, Headspace even has some morning meditations that you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness, it can reduce your stress, improve your sleep, boost your focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Our very own Sarah Gonzalez had this to say. She said, having just had a baby with medical issues that result in crying most of the day, Headspace has saved my sanity most days. Highly recommend to anyone feeling the 2020 stress. So Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere you are. So you deserve to feel happier and Headspace is a meditation made simple for you. Go to headspace.com slash news. That's headspace.com slash news for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. Now this is the best deal offered right now. So head to headspace.com slash news today. We'll be back in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about cancel culture and how the left has also sort of started eating their own. Uh, Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein of California, she stepped down from her leadership position after outraged progressives criticized her over her actions during the congressional hearings for Supreme Court Justice Amy Coney Barrett. She's 87 years old. These leftist groups were really upset because she hugged Senator Lindsey Graham. I don't know if you remember that happening, but she hugged him at the end of the hearings and said, I just want to thank you. This has been one of the best set of hearings that I've participated in. Thank you so much for your leadership. Well, from a party that's saying they want to unify the country, they don't seem to be that interested in unity, even within their own party at this point. Absolutely not. Look, they always end up eating their own, but this was never about unity. Look, like when they talk about diversity, representation, all these sorts of ideas they throw out there. All they want is different colors, different age groups, different ethnic backgrounds and sexualities saying the same thing. And they want allegiance. That's what they want. That's what they demand. And so as long as you don't. Uh, no matter how old young or young you are, then you are you are a problem. They don't want you conversing with the enemy. They don't want you seeing the enemy in a rather not even a positive light and more of a, an objective light instead mm-hmm. of just you are evil, Republican, bad, bad, bad all the time. They use them as useful idiots to tr- to win the election. And it may work. It may pay off. But I don't think for the long run that that's going to be a method that is going to work out in their favor. And we're already, inauguration hasn't even been a thing yet. And we're already starting to see clashes between those groups. That's what happens when you allow the insane people to run the asylum. Yeah, I, I think when there's no overarching, guiding spirit, wisdom, years I'm talking about and again this is the I I was talking to Tyler after doing the show with Glenn and and, and just the wisdom of the gospel and of Christianity and all religions it's hundreds thousands of years of wisdom 
all condensed down and you get the benefit from that. This thing that they're introducing, this identity politics and and this surface level skin color, sexual preference, diversity. That's not a part of some thousand year continuum of wisdom. It's some stuff they're making up right now yeah. or repackaging from Karl Marx and his political yeah. theory. Mm-hmm. And we know how it ends with everybody at each other's throats trying to destroy each other. And people that thought, I thought we were aligned. Now you're trying to kill. That's how it always plays out. So there is no unity in this. Unity is just a virtue signaling cold word they toss around to make it sound like the cancer they're spreading. Well, this is the good cancer. It's going to kill you slowly. Uh, But it is cancer. And so... Absolutely. Good luck with it. You know what? This was a bummer because as far as cancel culture goes, you would think that the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree would be exempt. No, no. (laughs) A member of the Columbia University faculty is saying to cancel the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. They said it's offensive because it gives us a toxic relationship with nature. Last week, there was a little owl. I don't know if you saw the picture. There was like a little small owl that was discovered in the tree after it was transported 170 miles to Rockefeller Center. And, you know, he's arguing that this is we've made this tree an icon of American exceptionalism. And, you know, here we've taken this owl from his home. And so now we have a toxic relationship with nature. He's basically just saying, you know, the the tree started in the Great Depression kind of as a pick me up for a beleaguered city. But now we've turned it into a made for TV spectacle just to draw onlookers. Is nothing safe anymore? I mean, the, the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree, that's something that just brings people a lot of joy just seeing it. And now they're saying, hey, we need to get rid of that too? Nothing is safe. Again, when, when your goals are what the goals on the far left are, the remaking of the country, everything has to be remade. History has to be remade. (laughs) Things that we thought were good have to be turned into bad. Being objective is now a bad thing. It's it's a bad thing. And so you must have an agenda. You must be partisan. That's a good thing. Uh, And so Rockefeller tree, I mean, you know, it's we're all vulnerable at some point. Trust me, they'll dig up something in my history and find out, you know, I used to like McDonald's over Burger King. <laughs> that's a reason to destroy yeah, it. probably cancel like five, five times this year, <laughs> man. You know, it's an inevitable thing. It is. It, but you know what? Rockefeller Center, you keep that tree. That tree brings a lot of people joy. You keep that tree. Don't let them cancel the tree. All right, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. It's just, it just makes people, even if you're just seeing it on TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? We asked you yesterday, do you think that President Trump still has a chance to win the 2020 election in court? 68.5% of you said yes. 31.5% of you said no. Thoughts? Go first. Uh, I mean, (laughs) I think there's always a chance because that's courts. You know what I mean? Like, you'd be surprised. Um, But, yeah, the longer this sort of happens, the more we talked about this when it happens. Like, if you got a case presented right now long as it plays out the worst that it does seem for him but you know there's always i can't just say no to that what was the percentage again 68.5 percent say that he said yes they believe he has a chance to win in court yeah i would be on that 68.5 percent i'm part of that that thinks he has a chance in court i I tend to think there was election fraud now i 
I don't blame them for holding their cards. Argue it in a court. that They don't have to Makes argue sense. it in the court of public opinion. Agreed. All right. The poll today. How many people are you celebrating Thanksgiving with? Myself, one to three, four to six, or seven plus? I'm in the four to six category. Four to six? I don't know. I almost want to do the, the seven just because they said not to do it. Right. So, uh, you know, I didn't plan on it because we uh, like I talked about earlier, like my family has all these weddings and stuff. So we're not planning to get together. But now I'm like, I probably should. Like how many of us can we round can, How can how many? many? How, yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm in the seven plus category, actually. So, but I think seven's probably our, our cap, but not by design, just because a lot of people aren't yeah. sure. All right, so if people want to follow you, know more about you, where can they go? At Whitlock Jason on Twitter is uh, where you can find me, and you can find my columns at Outkick. Wonderful. And Eric? Yes, uh, Eric D. July on Twitter and ericdjuly.com, 4cannonsec.com, we'll listen to the podcast. I'm everywhere. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Jason, glad to have you back. Thank you. Fun. Fun. Thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.